So today's daf is daf Lamed Beis, all right, page 32, in uh, the Heiligen Meseches Ksubis, and we pick up from the bottom of Lamed Aleph Amad Beis, we're at the two dots, four lines from the bottom, a person who violates his sister, his father's sister, etc. These are violations that not only are a negative transgression of the Torah, but also incur a kares penalty. Now, today's daf is going to be primarily about the about kimle bidrabaminei and how it applies to malchus and mama. When somebody's obligated in lashes and somebody's obligated in money, which is going to be considered the more severe punishment for that person to receive? And let's talk about how we're going to get onto that topic. We know that one of the ways for a person to receive malchus, to receive lashes, is if they transgress a lav sheyesh bomaisa, a negative transgression of Torah that has an action with it. So if somebody's going to, let's say, uh, violate one of these uh, arayas, one of these ervas that are listed in the Mishnah, so we said that even though there's a chiyav kares, you're also going to have to pay the fine. What we're going to get into is, but one second, isn't there also going to be malchus in Bezdin? If, if I, it's kares, no, no. If, let's say, you get warned for this action by witnesses that if you do this, you're going to receive Malchus, really, you'll get the Malchus. And you're not going to have to, uh, I shouldn't say you're not going to have to divide, but you'll get Malchus, and you're going to have this 50 Kesef, the Hamishim Kesef fine, that's obligatory as well. So is it always true that when one violates his sister or one of these other relatives, the ants that are listed in the Mishnah, is it always true that you're going to have to pay the fine or not. Maybe we'll say if, you're, if, it's a, if it was a Malchus type of warning, maybe you'll get Malchus and not the fine. But maybe a fine is more severe than Malchus. Which, which one's stronger, the Mammon or the Malchus? Which one overrides? So that's going to be the primary topic. All right, with that introduction, let us get going. Says the Gemara of Raminu, I'll ask you contradiction to our Mishnah. Eluhena laikim, the Mishnah in Mesechta Makos says the following people receive Malkus. One who violates his sister, or the sister of his father, so his aunt, his father's sister, or his mother's sister, or his wife's sister, his sister in law. Or his brother's wife, the wife of his brother, that's also a sister-in-law. Okay, it's either your wife's sister or your or the woman who married your brother. Or the woman who married your uncle. So you're married an aunt. And also Anida. In all these circumstances, there's a Misa involved, there's an action involved, and uh, it's a love in the Torah. It's a negative command. Hence, you're going to receive Malchus. Now, the Kaimalon, and we established the Eino Loka Umishali. We know you're not going to both get Malchus and pay. So ask the Gemara a very basic question. It seems in our Mishnah that if one violates any of these women, so you're going to pay Hamishim Kesef. But according to the Mishnah and Malchus, what's going to happen? Elohein, I like him. 
you're going to get Malkus. Which is it? Are you going to have Malkus? You're going to have to pay Kesef. All right? That's the contradictory question. So listen to this. Omar Ula. We're going to have today's, the Omar Aleph is going to be a focus on Ula's answer. Here we go. Ula says, like Kasha. It's not a contradiction between our Mishnah here and the Mishnah in Makas. Farvas Nisht, why not? Kan ba'achaisai nara, kan ba'achaisai Maybe the Mishnah here is speaking about a nara. That's beferush, elu narais. And when you have the fine, you're not going to get Malkus. But the Mishnah in Makos is not necessarily talking about a nara. It says, Elohim alaykin. Maybe it's talking about a sister and aunt and sister-in-law and Anida that are, are, are all already a Begaris. Where there's no fine, so there's no money. And when there's no money, that's when we say you get Malkus. Now, what's the obvious question? The obvious question is like this. Let's remind ourselves. When somebody, remember, what do we say in the introduction to the parak? When you have to pay the 50, the Hamishim Kesef, is that all you're paying? Or is that an additional payment? It's an additional payment, right? Besides for that, if you, somebody violates a woman, you have to pay like regular damages. Nezek, damage, tar, pain, repoy, medical bills, sheves, loss of work, and baishas, and embarrassment. Ula says, no, 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 there's no fine here, and that's why you get Malkus. Ask the Gemara, shkayich. But there's also other obligation, you know, uh, other payments. And if there's other payments, you still shouldn't get Malkus. Ask the Gemara, achaisai begeras nami. If let's say it's a sister who's a begeras also, there's monetary payments. How so? Ha'ika baishas upagam. You're going to have to pay for embarrassment and loss of value on the market. And therefore, we're back to our question. Why would the Mishnah and Makkah say that you get Malkus? You shouldn't get Malkus. And again, this is assuming that payment is more Chomer than Malkus. Okay, we're going to turn this on its head later. But let's assume payment is more Chomer than Malkus. So even if you're not going to pay the Knas on a Begaris, you can have all these other payments and hence... I still, it still shouldn't be, you shouldn't get Malkus in Mesechah's Malkus. Answers the Gemara, B'Shaita. We're dealing with the Shaita. A woman who doesn't really chap what's happening. She doesn't grasp, and therefore, since he's a Shaita, there's no real value on the market anyway. There's no Pagam. And as far as Baisha, she's not embarrassed. She doesn't chap. She's not getting what's going on. She says, no Baisha Pagam. So ask the Gemara, okay, on a Shaita, on a mentally deranged Baigeres, you're not going to have the knas. You're not going to have the baishas. You're not the embarrassment. You're not going to have begad. You're not going to have the loss in value. But still, va'ikatzara. What about the 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 pain? Even if somebody is uh, is meta, is um, mentally deranged, they still have tsar if they're violated against their will. Says the Gemara, you're right. Do you know what the case is in the Mishnah and Makkas? Bimafuta, where she was seduced, and there. There's no tsar. She went into it, uh, you know, as, as willing as a shaita can. So we got rid of the knas, because she's a bagaris. There's no baishas, there's no pagam, and there's no tsar. And that's the case where we say in Makkas that you're going to get Malkus and you're not going to have to pay. Says the Gemara, okay, very nice. Now that you broke it down like this, now that you've established the case in Makkas, you can even say that the Mishnah in Makkas is dealing with a sister who's not even a Megaris. You can even say she's a regular Nara. She's a Nara. She's 12 years old. Okay? 12-year-old sister, Shaita, um, Mefuta, 
And what's the case? Be a mafuta. She's a yesayma, so there's no knas to the father. And she's mafuta. Now, what we're going to say over here is that this can even be if she's not a shaita. How so? Because if she is, if she doesn't have a father, and she's mafuta, she's basically going into this, um, going into this, uh, into these relations. She's going into it, kind of being Michael everything. She's Michael everything. She was. She she's willingly going in over here. Okay, now. If there's a father, so then the father holds on to some of the das. So you can't say that uh, that uh, everything was willingly because the father holds on to some of that. So you never got him seduced. But when there's no father, you can say that once she's seduced, the whole thing falls off. And the case of the Mishnah is even dealing with a Naro who's a Yesoyma and Mafuta. And that's where we say you're going to get Malchus without any sort of monetary payment. Fine. So now we've clarified... Uh, Ula's statement where he says kan nara, kan Fine, we clarified Ula Says the Gemara Now, in order for Ula to make sense It's got to be That whenever you have a monetary obligation And a Malkus obligation m- uh, Money Outweighs the Malkus Because our whole question was Why are you getting Malkus if there's a monetary obligation That means the natural assumption is You're only paying money Says the Gemara According to Ula's approach, it must be whenever there's both a monetary and a Malkus and a Malkus obligation, you pay for the money, but you're not going to receive the Malkus. How does Ula know such a thing? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you how. And now we're going to get into uh, a, a lot of halachas when it comes to damaging somebody else as well as some uh, sugyas and meseches makas. As we've said, ksubas, you know, they're, they're, we're going to come across a lot of various uh, parts of shas in this mesechtas. Here we go. It says, Ula learns that when you're obligated money and malchus, money is going to be the harsher punishment. Why? He learns it out from the somebody damages his friend. Just like when somebody damages his friend, there should be both a malchus obligation for the, for the negative transgression action. As well as the money, what do we say when somebody damages his friend? You pay the five types of damage. You get Malkus, you, don't, you, get, you pay financially, you don't get Malkus. So whenever there's monetary obligation and Malkus, you're going to pay the monetary obligation, you're not going to receive Malkus. Again, so where does Ula knowing this case of of uh, Nara. Where does he know it from? Standard cases of damaging somebody else. Money overrides Malkus. Says the Gemara, one second. When you damage somebody else, there's five different types of monetary obligation that you need to pay for. The actual damage, the pain, medical bills, loss of work, embarrassment. If you're going to tell me that that a, a money obligation is really more lenient than Malkus, I'll say, what I'm going to say is, what's your connection to our case, to the case of Chayvah Bechaveray? Over there, there's a, there's a removal 
of the usual Bezdin obligation. Now let's pause and explain over here. What does this mean? This is fascinating. Ready? Here we go. How do we know that you're not allowed to hit somebody else? What's the source? What's the source? Where Tyrus says that? Now, we know Midos-wise, Maisha Rabbeinu told the, the Yidin that were fighting, right, in Mitzrayim, he says, Russia, Lama Why are you lifting up your hand to hit your friend? But in Halacha, to know that there's a real, uh, you know, there's, there's in general real obligation, it's actually learned out from a Shliach Bezdin, a messenger of Bezdin, okay? How so? So the, we're going to see soon that the Torah tells us that if somebody's obligated in Malchus, you, you're allowed to give them a maximum of 39 lashes. And it says you're not allowed to add on any additional Malchus. That's what it says. You're not allowed to add. He should not add on to Malchus. Okay. Now, who's that talking about? L'shliach Bezins. You see a lav in the Torah to hit somebody else. How much more so if a Shliach Bezdin is going to have a biblical transgression for adding on one more lash? How much more so somebody else to go and hit, you know, to, to go and uh, just outside of a Bezdin to go hit somebody else? Certainly a transgression. Okay? So says the Gemara over here. The transgression of, of um, hitting somebody else is learned out from Bezdin. But where it's learned out from, it's saying Bezdin cannot give more lashes that are necessary. So can Bezdin hit somebody else? Yes, there's a leniency in Bezdin. If Bezdin Paskin, somebody gets Malchus, that's okay. You could, there's times where you are allowed to hit another Jew, again, for example, inside of a Bezdin. But can the Bezdin add on? No. So the question is, how can Ula learn out from a regular case of Chayvo Bechaveirai, which is learned out from a Shliach Bezdin to all other cases, no. Maybe there's a weakness in the case of Chayvo Bechaveirai because Chayvo Bechaveirai, in that reality, there are times where you could damage your friend. For example, in Bezdin. Okay? That's the expression here. Shekin Hutter Bebezdin. There's an exception to the prohibition of hitting somebody else. Where is that? In Bezdin, Bezdin's allowed to give lashes to somebody else. And therefore, says the Gemara, we don't like Ula learning out the halacha of Mamon, uh, of Mamon overriding Malchus from Bezdin, from Chayvo Bechavera. We don't like that. Says the Gemara, okay. So, where's, so what's going to be Ula's source? Says the Gemara, Ella rather, Gomar me'edim zaymimim. Rather, he learns out from Eidzaymimim. By where there's Mammon and Malchus, okay? For example, let's say Edim uh, Zomimim, which let's just uh, remind ourselves what they are. If two witnesses walk into Bezdin and they testify about uh, somebody else that he, has to, that he owes $100. They testify he owes $100. Then two other Edim come and they say, you can't testify about that. You are with us in a different place at the same exact time somewhere else. There's no way you could give that. So the halacha is that they're going to receive uh, the monetary obligation that they tried to put on that person, plus they're going to get malchus for their own uh, false testimony. Okay? Says the Gemara, 
He'll learn it out from from Eid Fine. Just like Eid Where there's going to be Mamun and Malkus, we say the Zaymim is going to pay money and they're not going to receive the Malkus. We'll see soon. That's going to be on Amr Bezim, this halacha. So too, whenever there's money and Malkus, Ula's source is not going to be from Chayvul Bechaveray, rather it's going to be from Edom Zayim. Says the Gemara, one second. Edom Zayim don't need warning. If they come into Bezdin and we bust them up, they don't, they don't need to have been warned. By the way, if you testify now, never turn into Zayim. No, even if they don't have warning, they're, uh, they're going to be Chayv. And if you're going to tell me that a monetary obligation is actually more, more makel, more lenient than Malkus, I'll say, I'll say you can't make a comparison to Zaymim. You know why? Because over there, they just spoke. Speaking is not an action. And the proof is from Lashon Hara. If you speak Lashon Hara, do you get Malkus, even though you, did, you transgressed a lav? No, it's a lav shame by Maisa. So speech itself is, uh, is not a... A uh, real act. So, how would Ula be able to learn out from Adam Zaymimin receiving money over Malkus that applies in every case? Maybe over there there's a special leniency because there's no action, but maybe if there was an action, maybe it would have a different halacha. So, Gabara says, You're right. Ula cannot learn out his halacha from Chaybul Bechaveri. He also cannot learn out his halacha from Eid Zaymim. Ella Gamar Mitabayu. He learns out from both together. How so? Says the Gemara. The bottom line is, there's a monetary obligation, there is a Malkus obligation, and, and we say, Says the Gemara, one But there's still a Tzad Chamor, there's a side of stringency, as we learned before, Okay, says the Gemara of Ima Mina Lakulu. If you're going to tell me that money is really makel over Malkus, I'll say Shkin Yeshbam Tzadakal. Over there, there's a lenient aspect combining the two. What's the lenient aspect? First of all, one's in Bezdin, and also the other one doesn't have any sort of uh, any sort of act. So we'll say the fa- the reason why we are um, why we're going to pay instead of receiving Malkus is because. Each one has a tzad kula, but maybe in general, if there is no tzad kula, if there's no side to be lenient, maybe we'll say actually that Malkus overrides the mamon. And again, Ula would have no proof. So this whole Amud, we're going to keep going, we're not going to turn to Amud Beis, is trying to, is trying to get to the, uh, you know, into the kishkas of Ula's statement. When Ula said that when he got mamon and Malkus, and our Mishnah, I'm sorry, yeah, when, when we asked the contradiction, and in our Mishnah, so we're going to have to pay a fine. And the Mishnah in Malkus, in, in Meseches Makos, says you're going to receive Malkus. Ula said, there's no question. One's Bachaisa Naro, one's Bachaisa Begeres. We're trying to figure out, hey, who says that by Malkus and Mammon, Mammon's going to override? Says the Gemara, Ela Ula, Tachas Tachas Gamar. Ula, Ula has a source from Xera Shava. Xera Shava is from the words Tachas. Where do you find the word Tachas? It says when somebody violates a girl, underneath the reality, meaning because he caused, he was ma'ana her, because he violated her, and it also says, when somebody hits his friend, what do we say? 
tachas ayin. An eye in place of an eye. That same word tachas. Just like when you hit your friend, the halacha is you're going to pay and you're not going to receive malchus. So you see, whenever there's payment of malchus, payment overrides. You're going to pay money and you're not going to receive malchus. Okay, so that's one possible approach to be Ula's source. Okay, says the Gemara. Rabbi Yechanan says, let me tell you something. You don't have to answer like Ula. Ula said, where do we say you pay a fine? By a Nara. Where do we say you get Malkus in Mesechas Makos? By a Bagaris. Says no, you don't need to say that. You could even say both our Mishnah here and the Mishnah Makos are both dealing with a Nara. So what's the obvious question? Why in Makos do we say you get Malkus instead of payment? Over in, in, in Armishta, you, you, there's an obligation of payment. Why don't you have payment there either? Says the Gemara, says Rabbi Yechanan, Kan Shehisru Boy. Here is where they warned him that he's going to get Malchus for having relations with his sister. Kan Shalai Hisru Boy. But in Armishta, they did it. There was no mention of Malchus within the warning. Okay. In other words, we know the halacha is you're only obligated to pay if they told you. What if witnesses said to him, don't violate, don't violate that woman because if you violate that woman, it's a transgression. Okay, fine. They didn't warn him about what the ultimate consequence is going to be. So there I'll say, maybe you don't get Malchus. But what if, maybe they even only said, you're going to have to pay a fine. Okay, so they didn't talk about the Malkus. But in Makos, where they say, Elohim Alaikin, that's where you were warned about the Malkus. Says the Gemara, if you're going to say this, Almakus of Rabbi Echnan, it must be Rabbi Echnan's of the opinion, called Hechadika Mammon and Malkus, Vasribay. Whenever there's Mammon and Malkus, and you're warned about the Malkus, then Malkus is greater than money, and that's you're going to be your obligation. What's Rabbi Echnan's source? That when you're actually warned, and there is a both Malchus and Mammon obligation that Malchus will be stronger. Answers the Gemara, Amar Kra Kedei Rishase. It says, it says um, in it says in the pasuk Kedei Rishasei, you you um, are going to give him the consequence of Kedei Rishaso according to his own wickedness. Mishum Risha which means we only give him one punishment. You don't give him two punishments. This is where we start getting a hint towards the source of Kimle Bedramini. You only give one greater punishment. One punishment is given. We don't administer two punishments for one action. And next to it, it says, That's the obligation of Malchus. Okay? So what do you see from here? If you ever have two punishments, and you're only going to receive one, and Malchus is included in one of the two, you're going to receive the Malchus. Hence, if I'm obligated in finances and I'm obligated in Malchus, says I'm going to receive the Malchus and I'm not going to have to pay back. Fine. Says the Gemara, one second. Whoa, you, what just happened? What just happened? If somebody were to damage his friend, we learned just before, you're going to have to pay. No Malchus. 
According to Rabbi Yechanan, if there's ever two obligations, two consequences, and Malchus is involved, you're going to get the Malchus. One says the Gemara, one second, what about when somebody wounds his friend? It's a lav There's a negative transgression with an act, and there's therefore there's Malchus, and there's monetary obligation. Why is it that you're giving a monetary payment and you're not uh, you're not receiving Malchus? According to you, whenever there's Malchus, you should you should get the Malchus. Answer the Gemara. Um, the Gemara forewarns an answer. And you're going to say the same answer we tried to give before. Maybe over there you only um, you only pay money and you don't get Malchus when you weren't warned about the Malchus. But if you were, maybe you would get Malchus. No, but let's say they would be warned. Let's say he would have been warned before he hits the guy and damages him. Maybe we would say you get Malchus and no monetary obligation. Is that true? No. Ravami quotes Rebbechanan, who, by the way, is the original statement over here. Right, we're going in Rebbechanan's opinion. Ravami quotes Rebbechanan to say, If somebody hits another Jew where there's no real damage, you, you, you cause the mark on his face. So there's no real monetary damage. You know what the Allah is, says Rebbechanan? Like it. Since there's no money, you're going to get Malkus. Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If there was no warning... Why are you getting Malchus? Am I like it? If the case is no, where you weren't warned about it, so even if it's less than the Shavu Puta, why are you getting Malchus? Nobody warned you about it. We're dealing with a case where there was Malchus about the hitting. And the reason why you're getting Malchus instead of payment is because there's no payment to be had. It's less than the Shavu Puta. But let's say, let's say the damage would be a $20 damage. You would pay money and you wouldn't get Malchus. And this is a direct question on Rabbi Yechimnon, who we just quoted to say, it's a direct contradiction, because we just quoted him to say that whenever there's money in Malchus, you get Malchus and not money. Over here you have a case where Rabbi is paskening, there's money over Malchus. It's a contradiction. Answers the Gemara. This halacha of chayvo bechaverai is different. It's, in other words, how are you going to wiggle out of the contradiction? By saying the two cases are different. How so? Like Rabbi La. The Torah has unique chiddush, a novel idea that Adam Zomimim need to pay. So too, when you raise your hand to your friend, Tyrus says explicitly you need to pay, so you got to pay. In other words, like this. In general, what's going to be the approach? Malchus and Mammon. Malchus trumps Mammon. You're going to get the Malchus. Chavu is unique. The special way that it's written in the Torah. What's that special way that it's written in the Torah that tell us that here it's different and you're going, to get, you're going to pay instead of Malchus, instead of the usual, right? Now, Zerbechim is saying the usual is Malchus over the month. Chavu Bechavera is going to be different. How so? Let's go. Says the Gemara, What's going to be the source in the Torah that Rabbi Laws is referring to? Aha. Uh-huh. It's going on the following Mishnah. If two people show up and they testify about a fella, He's obligated to pay somebody 200 zuz. And then those two witnesses are found out to be zaymimim. 
it turns out that they were completely false and and uh, now they have to pay what they tried to do. Lycan umisham. They're going to get Malchus for testifying falsely and they need to pay because whatever you tried to do, we do to you. In this case, we're not going to say you only get one punishment. Get both. Why? Because the two transgressions came from two completely different games. One transgression that's obligating them on Malchus is the false testimony. And the other transgression of obligating them on the um, finances is a unique halacha be'idzoimim. They tried obligating him. We're going to do that back to you. Div Rebbe Meir is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. Coming from two different psukim, two different avenues, you could receive both. If you pay, there's no malchus. Says the Gemara, how do you know? Maybe, instead of saying, if you pay, you don't get malchus, maybe we say, if you got malchus, you don't pay. Um, Rabbi Law, on that Rabbi Law says, but no, that's not possible. We know for sure pay. Okay. And therefore, since you know that for sure pay, if you're going to tell me that we're going to knock off one of the punishments, the punishment we knock off by Yisrael is going to be Malchus. Fine. Says the Gemara, Heichan Rib Where does the Torah say explicitly that uh, an Yisrael has to pay? What's the source? Give me, give, give me the Pasuk. Says the Gemara, Mechti, let's see. We do to him what he tried to do to his brother. Why do you got to say a hand for a hand? Hand for hand means tit for tat. One for the other. Why do you got to say that? You already told me. You know what Yad is teaching me? Finances. Something gets fungible. Something that moves from hand to hand. What's constantly moving from hand to hand? How does an economy work? The money keeps moving. Moment. That's talking about finances. Okay? Says the Gemara, nami. By Chayvel Bechaviri, when somebody damages his friend as well, Mechti, let's see. Ksev, Kasher, whatever you did, that's what we do to you, meaning whatever extent of damage you caused, that's what you need to pay back. Kain, you know, same by Lamali. Why do you need to say? That's what you should give him. It already says, Kain ye What is it? What do you got to say? Kain ye nasein bai. It's teaching me, Dabar sheish nasina. Also, something that you're able to give. Can you give Malchus? No. Can't hand over a Malchus, right? So what is it? Money also is handed over. Fine. So each one is bringing their own Pasuk to teach me that there's going to be money. By Chavu Ulut sells money by Chavachavere, But they're coming from different sources. Ask the Gemara, why do you have different sources? Classic Gemara question. Why doesn't Rabbi Echidon follow Ula's source? Right? Now, what was Ula's source? Ula's source, if we recall, uh, on the very top line of Amud Beis, he said, Ela Ula Tachas Tachas Gomar. He learned it out from Tachas Asherina. And I in Tachasayin. So we want to know why is Rabbi Yechonon arguing on that source? Answer the Gemara. I'll tell you why he disagrees with Ula. He says because Im Kain, if you're going to learn the Gzera Shava of Tachas Tachas to teach me that you have to pay the the, the money as opposed to getting Malchus, Im Kain, but Talta 
ervas achoischa leisigale. You've been mevatel the ervas achoischa leisigale. Because basically that whole prohibition is being knocked off. There's no consequence of that prohibition anymore. Because what we're saying now is, is Tachas teaches me that if somebody is Ma'anes or Mefata, his sister, you're going to get a Chi of Mamon instead of a Chi of Malkais. Well, that's a, that's a classic case of a person who's damaging somebody else. So what's unique about this halacha? That's Rabbi Yechonon's going to taina. So Gemara says, what do you mean? Rabbi Yechonon, top of tomorrow's daf. Even by If we're going to say that there's money and there's no obligation of Malkus, you can also say you're mavato la Yosef pan Yosef. You're not allowed to add on any extra lashes. And by the Edom Zayim as well, any time, ask the Gemara a very poignant question. Rabbi if you're bothered, that when there's two possible punishments, you only receive one. So you're saying, well, what second? What about the other pasuk? What about the other punishment? What are you going to do with it? That's what happens every time we say, that's what happens every time we have a rule where there's a possibility of two consequences and now the Torah tells only follow one, so the other one's being mevato. That's right. That's just, but, but that's the way that uh, that consequences work. So the Gemara is just giving these other examples. Let's keep going. Ella, Edom Zaymim, Efshar, the Kaim of Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza. You're going to say, oh, the case of Edom Zaymim, you can have that case by Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza, because you can't actually turn them into a Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza. Nami, when somebody damages his friend as well, you could say you're not Mavato, the whole verse, you're not nullifying the whole verse. You could fulfill the verse, you can get Malchus when he hits him. For a type of damage that, that uh, doesn't really have monetary value, so as well, Rabbi Yechonon, what, what is bothering you about nullifying a pasuk? It's not true. You can fulfill the pasuk by a sister who's a Bagaris, where there we're going to say there's no knas, there's no monetary payment, and there you'll get Malchus. So we're back to our question. Why doesn't Rabbi Yechanan like the Gzera Shava of Ula on the top of Amad base? Why doesn't he like the Gzera Shava of Ah, you're nullifying the Pasuk? No, you're not. First of all, it's the reality of things. And second of all, you could find a situation where that Pasuk will have an impact. And let, we'll hold it here for today. Hold it for today. Right now we're leaving off. We have a, a Shiloh. Well, it's not a challenge. We have a Shiloh. We have a question. We want to know why they argue. Right now we're trying to figure out why the, the problem Rabbi Yechonon has with Ula source. Bezim tomorrow we'll pick it up from Omar Lach Rabbi Yechonon. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening everybody.